Hey folks, welcome back to the podcast. Got Tim Gandy with us again. Say hi to everybody, Tim. Hi everybody. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> um, it is the last day of 2020. What is it? 2021. And uh, is that today? It's today. Tomorrow's, Today's the 31st. Tomorrow's the first. Ah. Um, so we wanted to take a, just a quick time, and we're actually wanting to talk about something that. Uh, was spawned at, at church last week actually it was a really good question that was asked and we've been talking about it through the week and and looking back and and the, the question was can you look back and the, really the, the question was can you look back over your life and see you know times and things that you've gone through where the lord has grown you in certain ways and changed you but uh certainly we could and we've shared about a lot of that but kind of looking back over the year as well um, it's been a big year ministry-wise for us. Um, we've really gotten a lot of focus. Um, we've been able to, to do several trainings. We're hoping to do some more coming up really soon. Um, our uh, ministry app is being redeveloped right now. Uh, we just started that process this last week. Really excited about that. Um, but going into the new year, we wanted to just take some time and talk about... Um, the answer to that question you know where what is the lord and i want you to guys to answer that question and think about it you know as we're talking um and as always if you're out there watching and you could give us a thumbs up make a comment it helps us with those silly algorithms and helps us you know get some traction to the ministry but uh do that so we know you're out there listening and watching and uh, if you have any questions you can throw them in there but um the question was you know where has the lord led you and what has he done in your life and as you look back and what that made me start thinking about was talking with Tim the other day is it's a couple of things is when you we, we talk a lot about the kingdom and we talk a lot about eternity and that eternal things are just that they're eternal they don't come and go they just are they're true yeah. for all men at all times um, and uh, hey Brian Rowe good to see you uh, they're true for all men at all times in first Samuel there's a story um, about a place it's in First Samuel chapter 7, and there's this word, and if you've been around church a long time, you've sung about this deal, and it's called an Ebenezer. <laughs> right. You know, the song that says, Here I raise mine Ebenezer. And the, uh, the whole point behind that is, is, is it means a stone of help. And he says, to this point, this is a reminder that to this point, God has helped us. He's yeah. helped us get to this place. And so every time they would pass, they did it. You see this in the Old Testament all the time. They'd cross the Jordan. They'd build an altar. They'd do something great. They'd build an altar. And they would use those in historical uh, stuff that we know. That When the kids, you know, they'd walk by with their kids and their grandkids. Hey, Grandpa, what's, what's this pile of stones for? And then they would tell the story, yeah. you know, about it. And so they were stones of remembrance and, and stones of help. This is how the Lord has helped us. But it made me start thinking about, we were talking about some things about how eternal things resonate with people, whether they're believers or not. Things that are eternal, they resonate and they work because they're eternal. Yeah. They're not dependent on us. In sinner and saint alike. In sinner and saint alike. Some yeah. of the things that we started coming up with in the conversation were like, when you do something kind for someone, if they're not a believer, it still resonates in them and they feel that kindness. Yes, because do. that's an eternal thing. Yeah. Um, Ecclesiastes 3 says that eternity is placed in the heart of man. We are built as eternal beings. Yes. And so 
eternal things resonate. Um, I've often tried to describe it like there are certain people that when I get around them, something just clicks, you know, and they're kingdom people. And then there's other people that I get around and it's not that way. And it's not just personality. It's something supernatural. And that's that kingdom stuff. Yeah. Well, even the most heinous individual on the planet and people that have been around me have heard me say this before, but uh, like lying and cheating and stealing. Yeah. Nobody likes to be lying and cheating and stealing. We all look at it as a principled thing. But even the most egregious sinner out and out just goes against everything about the kingdom. You don't lie, cheat, and steal to those people either. The reason is is that is an eternal edict that's been put down through there, and you feel it down to your bones. Right. Even if you're evil yourself, that is eternal things that are implanted. Well, and and the thing that made me start thinking about was I wrote a blog a while back called Trinkets, and I I have some things that I keep up on my desk. There's some little rocks that mean something. Um, My granddad used to keep a worry stone, he called it, in his pocket. And... uh, I've done that in the past where I keep a rock in my pocket. And what I would do, an old pastor taught me to do this. When someone would say, would you pray for me about something? I I know I'm not going to remember it. And so I would take it out right then, put their hand on this little stone and say, okay, we're going to pray about it right now. And put that prayer on this stone. And yes, it's cheesy. No, it's not like a biblical edict. Right. But, and then we go about our business. But every time I'd stick my hand in my pocket and I'd feel that stone, I would just say, Lord, all the times that I've, prayed something with somebody yeah. with that would you affect it and it just it, it literally helps it's a stone of remembrance and a stone of help uh it's an ebenezer but what i started thinking about was in in the terms of everybody resonates with these things and what i was telling tim was it you see it in movies and here's the way it, it manifested in my mind was if you've ever seen a movie where it's apocalyptic i mean it's not just the end of the world apocalypse. I mean, it's a war movie and they're out in the middle of the jungle or, you know, there something's happened, everything's gone and they keep a something, you know, Superman even had these crystals from his home world. Um, in <laughs> war movies, the soldier carries a picture of his wife and his kids or, you know, it's in a locket or something. Just fill in the blank. You see it all over the place um, in movies and things, especially when it's dark days. And they'll look at those things, and those are the things that they held on to. Or you'll hear stories about what got you through POW camp or whatever. Well, I had a fragment of a piece of note or something, and I clung to that. And I think about these eternal truths of God and His sovereignty to us are like those things. And as we look back over the year and try to answer this question, and uh, and maybe I'll let you go first, but um, is... And we were talking about this before we got started. As people review their, and I think reviewing your year is a good thing to do. I mean, it just, and maybe even two years or your life or whatever. And, and that question on Sunday really made me stop and think about what is it that the Lord has done? But a lot of times, let's say, how has the Lord blessed me and how has the Lord grown me this year? People look back over the year and they're looking for things like, did I get a new job? Did I make more yeah. money? Did I get a bigger house? And we identify god moving and growing us by good things happening and that is a terrible way to approach life honestly it's not that those things aren't blessings of god because i believe that they are 
but we tend to skip over some of the dark nights of soul as being, no, that's not where God was working. That's where Satan was attacking me or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and we're going to jump into 2 Timothy 2 here in a minute. If you've got your, your Bible handy and you want to follow along, we're going to read some scriptures and talk about what we do in the ministry. But looking back over the year, I want to see times, I want to talk about times when maybe the only thing you had to hang on to was an eternal truth that you knew because everything else was falling apart. Um, we've had seasons like that. We haven't had that many this year, but we've had some where there's just nowhere to turn. It's not going to get better. Um, and uh, and so, do you have anything that you want to to share on that well, note? Or? So we want to look back. We're talking about looking back. I would tell you to look back over your entire walk, because God doesn't measure things in a linear sense like true, we do all true. the time. He does, but where he doesn't have to. Yeah, he doesn't have to. And anything that even seems minor, anything that brings your mind to start thinking about the kingdom, at yeah. least contextually in the scriptures, I find that wasn't done by our hand. There are things that right. we do to help mature ourselves after we're saved, but it is God that is the one that equips. And the reason he brought up 2 Timothy is because Paul's talking to Timothy, and uh, Paul's been through some some episodes <laughs> up to this point and he keeps telling Timothy he talks about all these things what people are going to be like and you know even your own kind come against you as in brothers and sisters in Christ or supposed brothers and sisters in Christ and then of course the outside world they're going to be coming in on you too if you're really out there uh, uh, you read them and you think well they're out actually preaching and teaching and, and sometimes it makes people mad and sometimes well yeah that that's that's what we compare to and think that's what we need to be doing. But I'm telling you, if you're growing in the Lord and you're wanting to change and be different, that's going to cause various issues around you. And you have to look back and see where you're coming from and why you want to do that. So for me, uh, as an example, uh, many years ago, I didn't start growing in the Lord until I, I was saved when I was young, but I never really started growing in the Lord until I was in my early 20s. And uh, I was a pretty crass individual. As I look back, it was because some of my upbringing was really tough. Uh, the, my time in the Marine Corps, I'd seen a lot of ugly things in there. You can call it PTSD, you can call it whatever you want. But uh, when I was in the police department, one of my dealings with people, and I guess what people would think cops are like, that's especially today, the emotions are so big. Uh, I had a t-shirt said, I'm not prejudiced. I hate everybody the same. <laughs> Real kingdom building stuff. Oh, yeah. I'm here to tell you. I, I, which goes completely counter to a police mission. Yeah. You're, you're a servant. You're a public servant. That's what that is. And I remember going through those things. And they were saying those things. That sign, and then at that same time, I was really growing in the Lord, you know, uh, academically and had a lot of mentors around me. I didn't know that at the time. I didn't put myself necessarily in that place. But what I'm telling you is the Lord was putting me in those places because I was willing to go. And he set those circumstances up. And all that stuff was in there working. <laughs> and I remember, uh, actually, I think it was an end-of-the-year church service. It was at night. And there wasn't a lot of people there. And they said, so anybody got a, a testimony, which never happens in a Baptist church unless you're down in... Mexico or some third world country 
tell us how the Lord's changed you. And I mean, I couldn't hardly stand up fast enough. I just got up, call it in the spirit or whatever you want to call it. And it occurred to me right then that through all the things I was learning is that God taught me to love people. And I remember that I'm not prejudiced. I hate everybody the same. There was a distinct difference in what I had learned and how I was looking at people. I wasn't looking at them as, oh, there are other people. I need to be nice to them. I was looking at them as that they were created eternal by the hand of God, which yeah. put me in an obligation to be able to be gentle, for lack of a better way to say it. Uh, and it gave them eternal worth to me. I was seeing them mm. as something that was eternal. And uh, that meant something. And that changed my whole outlook on how I dealt with people, how I was reading the scriptures, and it still is. Uh, so that's an Ebenezer for me. And there's lots of other little things yeah. as I've gone through over time that actually accentuate that, but that's the mile marker for me. Well, and I think it's interesting too, as we, as we look back over our walk, I, my tendency is to look for the either the mountain peaks or the deep valleys because I know in the deep valleys he was growing me and I said this to somebody yesterday um, I do good in the valley in the sense that it's when everything's falling apart I know I'm I feel close to the Lord yeah. we're able to have my faith feel strong and I do pretty good on the mountaintops about thanking the Lord my struggle bus zone is right in the middle <laughs> in that mundane everyday disciplines of the lord following the lord nothing's wonderful nothing's awful it's just is um and uh hey tom's good to see you uh, and it's in even I, I have to really look hard sometimes but honestly, it's in those times that I can really see the Lord working. And there's some things, you know, that, that just seems like drudgery. But when I look back at it, I think, wait a minute, but those were really the areas I needed the most work in. You know, he's like, why would he, why would he work with me on the mountaintop if I'm good there? Or why would he necessarily drop me back into the valley, which he will. He's going to hand grenade you if, to, to <laughs> generate chaos around you. And I'm, I've not been in the military, but I know a lot of people, I have a lot of deep friends that are, and you guys, I've seen you go through it. I've seen it in the training and things of just, you put people into chaos to bring yeah. out all of the stuff that needs to come out. I've experienced it as a foster parent. I've experienced it as a regular parent working with um, at-risk youth. When you put people into the crucible and it starts blowing everything up, so many times the church wants to ascribe that to... Um, Satanic, satanic spiritual, spiritual attack. attack and it may be but it may also be that god delivered you into that attack yeah and we've talked about it here before i mean go back to psalm 50 it says that it's tempestuous in the presence of god yeah and if you depending on how your mind works you immediately might go well he's talking about all the evildoers and stuff because he was kind of beating up israel in that package right. But at the end of that chapter, he, he comes back around full circle. And in our humanistic, linear way of thinking, discipline or ugly situations only happen when I do something wrong. Mm. <laughs> that's, 
<laughs> it's just not what the word says. Well, that's not what the kingdom works like. And, and you can't even pull that out contextually when you really start looking. There's something else that Matt and I were talking about. Our ministry is not to tell you how the kingdom works. Right. Our ministry is we tell you how the Lord has affected us, but we really want to push you into the scripture yeah. and learn how to break that down. So you have to fight with it all yourself. All these things that I said, you know, the, you know, I'm not prejudiced. I hate everybody. My, my mentalities, my actions and all that stuff uh, weren't just, you know, drops where God did the work. I was doing work to try to find out yeah. things not even knowing I was doing that, but it was him that was orchestrating those situations. And at the right time, he let me see it. Yeah. And it, and not just see it for what it was. I could see it as I was looking back and interpreting things in the kingdom and trying to figure those things out. I was working and he brought that to fruition. And you say, well, and again, you might come back on that linear way of thinking that, that uh, uh, well, now you're saying you did all the work. No. <laughs> No, no, no. I wanted to know him and he let me have those things because it in, it influences how I'm going to go out and let people see eternity or talk about that. Well, that's just what Tom just commented. He said there are times when we are inserted into the chaos to bring his presence into the situation. That is exactly And what I would tell you it happens often. It happens all the time. And, you know, I just a quick, this is a silly example, but this is kind of what, what, what I think Tom's talking about. And it wasn't my chaos. I remember... I got a conviction for this season of time one time. We were doing a lot of eating out. And I used to wait tables as a young guy. And wait staff are people. You know, and they don't bring your tea on time or whatever. Everybody gets freaked out. And as a, I used to work at Pizza Hut in Canton. And I'm going to tell you right now, <laughs> I hated working Wednesday night and Sunday nights because the, the church group would come in, trash the joint, rude to the staff, yeah. wouldn't tip. And it was a terrible witness for the Lord. And it's not just about the practicality. But I remember one time we were at a, a steak joint and this lady came up and she was kind of edgy, not really rude, but you could just tell she wasn't on her game. You mean like the waitress? The waitress, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I just felt the spirit tell me, ask her about her day. And I just said, and I mean, it was obviously there was tension kind of like stuff wasn't getting done right. And I said, ma'am, are you okay? And she just broke. Like she just starts bawling as they no, and then just starts, Bleh giving me this liturgy of all this junk that was happening to her, you know? And I'm like, well, no wonder she's not being nice. You know, she's probably trying. She didn't, right. she didn't throw my tea in my face. That was a plus. <laughs> and so we prayed with her, you know, right? And it, and left her a really good tip for really bad service. I'm not saying that to pat myself on the back. I'm just saying that's exactly what Tom's talking about a lot of times is, is he sticks us in these places to bring the light in and what he's so great about doing, Tim, is he knows we have the light within us, and uh, and so he brings us into these chaotic situations to bring his light, but he also knows simultaneously that we're jacked up and dealing with something, and he'll use the same situation to help that person, that person, and to grind us up a little bit and yeah. get us going. Yeah, because he, our ways are not his ways, and our thoughts are not his thoughts, and we're trying to make God work in a way that we can comprehend it. Right. And the thing is, is what transpires here, I call them spiritual grenades, because <laughs> God's got some situation working around in there, and he may work you up into a frustration or things might be just great. And he's looking so far down the road. He's already not down. In, he's not already in wishful. Yeah, he's already there. And then he just drops one right in the middle of it, and it seems like everything just goes kaboom. And it is... 
it is tempestuous in his presence. That's yeah. for sinner and saint alike. And we don't get that because, again, like I said earlier, we, we attribute that to its punishment. Mm -mm. And it's not always punishment. And it may be spiritual warfare, but it doesn't mean that Satan's the one causing the spiritual warfare. He may be digging deep in you. I tell people that, I hadn't said it very often, but people that want to go in the ministry and go do the mission work, like what we did, because we didn't have some big agency and all that stuff. I mean, it was it was tough. And uh, uh, as I've learned in the past, you know, and I'm, people are telling me, you know, we want to go and we're going to do this, we're going to do that. and you know, I'm thinking some things, and I don't. I'm not going to coach them and tell them how they need to go be a missionary. But one thing I learned was that if you start getting really serious about pursuing the kingdom, he is going to reach down and whatever it is that you hang on to, and you may not even know you're hanging on to it, and he's going to rip it out by the roots. Let me let me speak to that. Um, I didn't even know this about myself, and that's not a bad thing. No, it's, it's actually a really <laughs> wonderful thing. Um, I. Uh, didn't really, I mean, I guess I kind of knew it about my personality. I'm, my personality is I kind of like to be, um, and I wouldn't even say in charge, but if you drop me in a room with 10 people um, and there's not a lot of conversation or whatever, give me 30 seconds or a minute and I'm going to be in the conversation. And, <laughs> and you know, I was always that guy in school that if yeah. we were in a group project, all right, you four go over here and you're going to do a book report on this book. And I was always the guy that was like, all right, here's what we're going to do. You know, I always wanted to have the ideas. I didn't like being in that. And I didn't really realize that until about five years ago or seven years yeah. ago when, you know, the Spirit told me, hey, you're gonna, you got to close your church up. And I'm like, how's that going to work, you know? And I was like, oh, okay, we'll be obedient. And we did that. And, man, it was that la that couple of years after we did that, you know, 2017, 18, into that. I mean, we're talking recent stuff. I've been walking with the Lord a long time. I've been doing ministry for 26 years. I mean, it just was a con confrontation. I mean, in my face, it was like these idols that I had in my yeah. heart were being in charge and being somebody. And yeah. I have, I'm going to be real honest with you. I have to fight it even with this ministry, being online, those sorts of things. Man, there are demons in there when people don't watch or... Man, that video got two views, and it was me and Tim. You know, and and you know, you get kind of down about those sorts of things because you want to, you want, and it's not that you want to be somebody, but uh, that's because you're trying to measure your effort going out. Exactly, and you can't do it. Yeah, that was that's the not thing, how it works. And that's the thing that here's and here's kind of what has happened, is right in the middle of having no influence, being a nobody, shutting your church down being a person of no position or whatever um, and it was really uncomfortable at first but then every now and then he'll give you this little balm of this little this little trinket to hold on to and somebody will come to you and just be like hey man this happened or that happened and I just wanted you to know that that really helped propel me towards the Lord and help me pursue the kingdom and I want to thank you for that and I'm just like undone just blubbering and and you know, because and 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 I and that's what I want to encourage people. When we we're driving you, and and let's get into text a little bit. Because the thing about Second Timothy that I love, and it is our ministry verse, Second Timothy two two, but he starts off Second Timothy with therefore my son. I could preach a message on that phrase because yeah. of how Paul thought about Timothy, but he says, "Be strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus." 
He's telling him to be strong. And the, you don't tell people to be strong who are already strong, who are experiencing strong. You tell people to be remember to be strong when you know they're going to be weak and they're going to need to be strong. Yeah. Then he tells him, take what I learned from you, what you learned, go do it to other people. But it's verse 3 that gets me. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. And mine says, suffer hardship with me. Yeah. Do it together. It's amazing here in in chapter 2. See, I thought I marked it here. Or was it in chapter 3? Is that it right there? Um, what a ding-a-ling. What, what are you looking for? Well, so Paul's telling Timothy uh, to be gentle. Uh Golly, where did he do that? Sounds a lot better when I read it out of here than me trying to explain it. Um, Verse 8, remember Christ Jesus risen from the dead. And is that the section? <laughs> you can't even find it now. You can can't you? do quiet space on a podcast. It doesn't just, work out too well. Talk about At any rate, he, he, he encourages him uh, not to be... Uh, don't be bolsterous. Don't get up in people's faces. Be gentle in your correction. And before all that, he's telling them, you're basically, you're going to have problems with uh, believers that are going to come into you, and you're going to have issues with the outside world, which we all go, oh, well, that's normal. It's the ones inside that get you. That's not the point of what I'm saying. But he's saying in your corrections and stuff, be gentle and understanding in that. And the reason I'm bringing that up <clears throat> is because in Acts... Keep going. Uh, you could take uh, uh, one of the big, uh, uh, one of the, you know, Paul was a type A personality, I think. Yeah. Uh, beforehand and uh, had all the capabilities of being anything he wanted in the Jewish culture, a big muckety muck. And with the Romans, probably, had he not been converted. But at any rate, he gets converted. He's on his missionary trips, and him and uh, uh, Barnabas, right? I'm having a yeah. Well, they got in a fight. Yeah. <laughs> so you could look at what he's talking to Timothy right here. By the time he writes this, there's some history that had gone on through there, and you know, and he's up in Barnabas's face about John Mark. <laughs> they get into this big yeah. rolling turmoil, and you think, well, that wasn't very gentle, and that wasn't very Christian. Again, in our linear point of view, especially in the day that we're going through, you know, you're supposed to be all this stuff from way back up to this way. That's not the way it works. Mm -hmm. The kingdom never even made it that way before the fall, I don't think. There were still interactions with God. There were still learning and process and understanding and getting it and doing things wrong. Doesn't necessarily mean that it's sinful. And the fact is, is God was working amongst Adam and Eve and Woodhead. You know, there's all kinds of arguments about how much time really went through right there, but it doesn't really matter. It could have been a day. It could have been 10 million years. He was down in there working and developing them, and God was still looking way down the road right. to teach and train them to be what they were, and he doesn't hold it against you if you were like this down here. He does kind of look at it and go, remember what you learned, and those Ebenezers are not just for you. Right. They're not just for you. 
man, he's building you up in the likeness of Christ, and you can remember back what that was, so it helps get you back on track right here somewhere. When you get into Revelation 12, Revelation 13, and it starts talking about the end times, and then we start talking about everybody's like, well, we, how do we overcome? We overcome by the word of our testimony. Boom, you know? yeah. And But if you read that text in the context of that, it's in the middle of getting your teeth kicked in, yeah. being driven like sheep to the slaughter. It's the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony that overcomes in the middle of that nonsense. And chapters two and three here. Yeah. I, I wish I could point it. I'm just really having a stupid oh, attack it's, here. Oh, it's verse 24 is where you're getting at. Well, aside from that, though, from what you were saying, he keeps admonishing Timothy, all these troubles are going to be there. Right. Keep doing it. Just keep moving. Because they don't mean what you think they mean. And even if you bring it on by your own hand, he can work that. The seed and the sower parable is a perfect example yeah. of that stuff. He's, and yeah. people have heard me say that, you know, casting that seed out there and it lands in this kind of soil where the really simple-minded people are going, oh, well, all our work has to be the good soil, so we have to be able to determine where that good soil is or it's a waste of time. Completely miss the point. Right. Uh, well, we can recognize different places how that how the seed has worked. So we're going to go and we're going to preach the gospel here. And if it does this, and we know that that's what's happening there. So maybe we need to move on. They keep going back, trying to get to the good soil. Completely miss the meaning of what that is. It's God who is the, he's the guy throwing the seed out. And he knows that it's landing on bad soil. Yes, sir. And he keeps throwing it. And so it must mean from a kingdom perspective, maybe it's not as bad soil as what it looks because he doesn't send anything that's not going to produce right. something. He just may not produce yet. We don't have to understand that. And it says in Philippians that be like Jesus, who was the son of God and was the king in the kingdom and humbled himself to come down. He didn't expect people to grasp that. Right. Well, in, in Hebrews 5, in Hebrews 5, the uh, we see that the Bible says that, talking about Jesus, that he learned obedience by that which he suffered. Yeah. The first time, I've read that passage, I don't know how many times, <laughs> but the phrase, he learned about obedience, I remember it was like a year ago, I came across that and now I, I was undone because I never thought about the possibility that Jesus in the flesh, though he was God, he humbled, he laid down some things, he had to learn obedience and I started thinking about when he was 12 in the temple. And I talk about this all the time. Yeah. The caravan went out three days, and he's back in the temple teaching like, you know, one of the rabbis. And you know Mary was irritated. I mean, you can tell in their conversation. Where's, where's Jesus? You got Jesus? I thought he was with you. He was back there with whoever. Turn around, and they all had to go back three days. We get irritated. We have to run back in the house after our phone. And, and you can hear her. Jesus, where have you been? Well, I've been about my father's business. It wasn't that he sinned or was being disobedient, but everything wasn't just pretty and cut and dry either. Yeah. There was yeah. conflict. There was irritation. There was the fact of the matter is he wasn't where he was, quote unquote, supposed to be according to the rules and the limitations of this world that he was in. He should have been on the caravan if he was any other kid. Do you make sense? Well, in the context of the scriptures, you know, it says work out your salvation with fear and trembling. That's that the picture of that is is that the kingdom dumped it all in and we have to work ourselves for that to start coming to the surface right. to be more like it. 
Well, if the scripture does what it says it is, it said that Jesus did the same thing. Yeah. If that's a fact and he had a deeper knowledge of it than we did, of course he, I would have, you can be in a room full of people where you know exactly what to, how to happen, how to do it, how to lead them, how to get them to where they want to go. And because of their own experience or whatever, you know, they're just being doombas. And it just, yeah, it makes you start twerking in weird directions. But the Christian thing is to speak. Well, Jesus got frustrated with people too. Read, read Luke 12 in its entirety. <laughs> Man, he is just lashing out right and left. Not to give, I'm not giving you permission to lash out, but I'm telling you the struggles that you deal yeah. with. And uh, we won't even tell the disciples. Do I have to do this again? Do you not understand? Can yeah. you not pray with me for an hour? You can hear it in his voice. Oh yeah. There's tension. And what's the point of all this? We've been been going out this a little while. Let's land this a little bit is I don't know where we started thinking that the pursuit of the kingdom and the righteous pursuit of God and holy living, you know, pursuing things of the kingdom would result in an absence of turmoil, an absence of suffering, and, an, and a presence of only good things. That's just blasphemous false teaching. And I, and I mean that very seriously. Because we get into the text and he says, no, it's going to be tumultuous. And so I'm not asking you to go out and run and see how many awful situations you can find. Yeah, like, don't go looking for trouble. Yeah, because That's the, not the scriptures right. say the trouble's going to find you. Um, but when it comes, don't dismiss it as that it shouldn't have come. Yeah, because it really doesn't matter. It, if, right. the Lord is ex if the Lord made it so that it just came, or even if you did it by your own hand like we were talking earlier, he still works all those things out. Paul's telling Timothy in here, he's telling him all these troubles are going to come. And then he says, but keep doing the work because what God's working. And you, and you, you said that, that, that as we do it, and we think it should be no issues and all that stuff. Many places in the scripture say, when those things come upon you, count it as joy. Yeah. And that's easy to say. But look at Paul historically, the super type A, grouchy, whatever he was. And as he worked, you see him and this guy, he really has put in the work for the yeah. kingdom in this life. And right here, he's telling his protege, not only have I done it, because he says, I fought the good fight. That, yeah. that means something to be able to come out and say that. And it wasn't arrogant. But he says, not only have I struggled and suffered because I want the eternal, I want people to be led to salvation. I want them to eternal the things of the kingdom because right then and there when you're dealing with that stuff, man, it makes it joyous amongst all the turmoil that's going on. And he's telling Timothy, not only have I done that, I will keep doing it yeah. until that until I'm gone because there is so much joy in the truthful part of that thing. Mm -hmm. Bringing the kingdom to people, man, that's well, it's like yeah, that's the it's good like stuff. That old navigator said that you've not lived until you've exploded the word of God into the heart of another human being, and I'll, I'll never forget that because when that light clicks on, and it, and I'm not talking about somebody understands all the aspects of systematic theology or blah blah blah, <laughs> but when the the kingdom resonates and somebody feels the love that God has for them in their heart because you've helped them to see something in the text, and that's why we do what we do. He tells Timothy in chapter 2, verse 15, to study, to show yourself, be diligent, he says in some translations, of a, a, a workman that needs not be ashamed, 
because you can rightly divide the word of truth. And we've been talking about this yeah. word orthotomeo that's mm-hmm. translated to rightly divide, to cut it straight. And here's what I want to combat out there. You don't have to be a graduate seminary or seminary graduate to be able to rightly divide and deeply study, dig into the deep, deep truths of the word. You don't. And that's why we do what we do in this ministry is yeah. to try to unlock the tools and unlock the ability. We're not going to make you Greek scholars. We're not Greek scholars, but there are some tools and things that we can teach you. That's why we do what we do to look into this text and not just read it as literature, but to read it as the very words of the living God. These things are eternal. And yes. he says he's going to, and I believe it's going to be soon, he's going to shake everything, and everything that's not eternal is going to collapse. Well, and I think he does that every day with everybody. Exactly. And it, in a good way. Yeah. In a good way. Uh, we can't comprehend the things of the kingdom in a big mass deal. And he, he talks he about that. that, and he knows that. Oh, you said something a while ago that uh, I was fixing a key off on and then I went and forgot what it was. I got to start running the right things down. Anyway, Anyway, yeah, we need to to wrap up. But our point is is to look back at the things you know where God has worked you. Yeah. That's, that's, oh, I remember what I was going to say. Sometimes you don't know what you pour into somebody and you think they're going to come back and say, man, thanks for showing me this thing about God or whatever. It's the little things. It's one, I don't know, I'll pick on kids. Uh, All of a sudden you see your, your kid doing something that looks right. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and it comes back to you said they'll tell mom well I'm doing that because that's the way I saw dad doing it Yeah, that's a good sign that things have not the action itself but in the movement of the bigger part of it and you can see that they may not they're right. just taking that movement but you can the spirit or at least in me I can see they'll sh- show those things so I have two sons that have gone to boot camp here the last three or four weeks. We'll wrap up. Yeah, uh, and Jonathan, uh, he he's he's a pleasant kid to be around and all that stuff. But you know he's got all kinds of insecurities and and he's not a big talker. He doesn't talk to people and he ain't a big hugger and kisser and how you doing. I mean by I mean it's a long way off. He's he's a mm-hmm. stay keep stay out of my space. Got a call from him yesterday. I didn't get to take the call, so he left a voicemail. And, the, and he's in boot camp. And he's in boot camp. Uh, and he's doing fine, but he's away. It's the first time he's ever really been away like that. And in an environment where he's having to uh, contend with things he's never dealt with, you know, there's homesickness, there's all these things. Uh, but by listening to his voice and what he is saying and where he's drawing his strength from was stuff that was put in place a long time ago. And he and didn't he, even know it. He didn't even know it, but he recognizes how that it was eternal now. Yeah. And he's drawing off of that. So looking back at those Ebenezer's, you never know where it's going to come up or how it's going to happen. But practically, spend time in trying there. to learn of the kingdom because that's the stuff that will implant and it will bring back and you'll go, yeah, wow. And God brings those to fruition when it's time for them to come to fruition. John 16 says the Holy Spirit will lead us into all truth. And one of the best ways he does it is you get in the word and yeah. you start learning. I don't care if you know academically about the scriptures. We want you to know the nature and the character of God and the nature and character of the kingdom that he is, is the king of. 
of, of Jesus and what he does. I mean, that's what we do. Um, I, I, would, I would give you two calls of action, I guess, as we close out 2021. And that is, um, if you're sitting there and you're watching this, and we've got several people on here that are not necessarily always on, but um, and you're thinking, man, I would love to be able to know how to dig into those scriptures, but I'm not a pastor, I'm not a, you know, I just don't know how. We would love to show you. Uh, if it's just us and you, we'd love to show you. We'd love to come to your church and do a, a training. And it's not rocket science. And it's not, and that's just the thing. It's not rocket science. There are systems and methods that we can teach you and, and frankly, I had to, to learn them when I was 20 at my first church because I didn't have anybody. I had to learn how to study. And this is where it grew out of, and you have to do it. But you can do it. Everyone can do it. Yeah. Um, my two boys went through the training with us last time. They're 14 with very little church background until they came to us You know, a few years ago. Never been in church. And um, uh, they went through, and they understood it. And one of them's highly mm. dyslexic, has, has, has to, to work a little bit harder. Tim's highly dyslexic and is a great student of the Word. You can do this. We'd love to, to teach you how to ortho, uh, I just lost the word. Ortho tomeo. Ortho tomeo. And uh, is to rightly divide the Word of Truth. We want to do that. That's what we're doing in Mexico. Um, that's what we're doing down in the valley this year with some church planners. That's what we're doing on our app. And... Uh, we don't do this for a living. We both have work that we do outside of this. This is just something we do because God's called us to it. And I want to encourage you, this year, there's <coughs> going to be tempestuous stuff. The turmoil is going to come. There's going to be valleys. There's going to be peaks. And there's going to be mundane, everyday stuff. But if you get in the Word daily, and I'm not just talking about reading it, but get into it. Read it also, but study it. Figure out what it says and get into those languages and things. It'll change the way you see the world. And it'll change the way the world sees you, which is what Tom said earlier is kind of the point, is God's dropped us into this chaos of this world, and it's only going to get worse. We are the salt and the light. And to do that, if he, he says, if you love me, obey my commandments. And I tell people all the time, you can't obey what you don't know. And your pastor, your teachers at, at church, they get you for 40 minutes a week. Yeah, They can only do so much if they're the best in the world. They can only do so much. You've got to do what T Paul told Timothy. Study to show yourself approved, a workman that needs not be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. Man, if we can ever help you do that, I hope that, that uh, we have that opportunity. We're glad you're here on the podcast. Give us a like, a thumbs up, share this thing. Subscribe to us on the web um, at over at thecrucibusfire.org. You can subscribe to our blog and, and to our channels and things. Um, another thing we could ask you to do real quick, and I'll sign off. It's, everybody does this at the end of the year. We're not going to make a big deal about it. But uh, this stuff does take, uh, it does take money, um, and uh, we only fund what we can afford. And as the money comes in, um, but if you would be willing to pray about even I, we've got I have we have somebody who just signed up as a monthly supporter for five dollars a month. Yeah, you don't even know how much that warms our heart and actually how much that does. That's that will put Bible resources in the hands of a Mexican pastor this year uh, of one pastor. He sponsored a pastor at five dollars a month. Actually, it's a pastor and a half. Um, I, I don't know if you're the half a pastor or not. But anyway, that's what even five bucks a month will do. And it all goes into the ministry. We don't take any of it. We don't keep it. It all goes out. So if, if you would pray about that and let the Lord lead you, maybe you want to do 20 a month or one-time gift. We'd love to, to, to partner with you. 
Um, and I'm looking forward to that when the app comes out. It's going to be great. It's going to have a lot of training material in it right on your phone. And um, hey, Leslie, good to see you. Um, you're right. The daily walk with Jesus is the absolute only way. Uh, we're, we're, you, you have to do it. Anything before we close out? No, I guess maybe one practical aspect, though, is now when things are really swirling around or going wrong, what I've learned is I look at it and I go, Lord, what are you trying to teach me here? What are you trying to teach me? And sometimes I don't get the answer to that for a long time, but he's working that. Yeah. You have to believe that. And you just got to keep asking. And I think scripturally, contextually, as you look through it, that's how he does it. He doesn't have to have your permission to do anything. That's exactly right. And so it helps me get through it better. Well, we love you guys. We appreciate you coming on here with us every week and listening to our ramblings and stutterings. <laughs> All we want to do is help people learn, teach, repeat. We love you, and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.